This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer. Rest easy with the new Sleep Number 360 smart bed. You can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Will it help with her snoring? I snore. Does Rudolph have a red nose? Yes, it can be gently raised on either side to help relieve snoring. So you can really promise better sleep. Not promise, prove. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, during the ultimate Sleep Number event, save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Welcome to Pardon the Corruption, Draft Edition. Joining me today is Brendan Stewart, who has written three articles for Raptors Republic this week, profiling three different players. And we're here to get his take on what the Raptors might do with the 29th pick in the 2020 draft. Uh, Brendan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. What are the Raptors' biggest needs as you see heading into the draft? Because sometimes the draft can be relied on to like plug a certain hole or maybe look at the future what is your take on what the Raptors might be thinking with this pick? So with, uh, with the Raptors needs, obviously we saw in the playoffs that they need a lot of more shot creation and offense um, at the 29th pick. I'm not sure you're really going to be getting someone who has that high level of shot creation ability. So I think they're just going to be looking for someone who, you know, they can kind of plug in right away and just uh, start, you know, contributing. Um, they also could be looking to the future with um, a big man or point guard with uh, Serge Ibaka, Marc Gasol, and Fred all in the market. So uh, I'm thinking they're going to look in uh, the point guard or big man direction, seeing as uh, shot creation might be a little much to ask for. Yeah, especially with the news that uh, Kevin Durant is recruiting our man Serge Ibaka to come play for the Nets. So uh, we might we might be short short big men. But so so we got we got the guys. You can see them on the right side of your screen there. Uh, and uh, we, we have two categories of players, one which are, which are probably not going to be available at 29th, but they might slip. And then there are guys who will definitely be available at 29th or, or are likely to be available at 29th. So let's start with a guy that a lot of people have interest in, is, which is uh, Tyrell Terry. So, yeah, Terry's a uh, 6'2 guard from uh, Stanford. He's an excellent shooter, shot 40% from three on over 150 attempts. Uh, that's pretty much been his calling card. He's an offensive weapon, uh, only 19 years of age, too. So that's uh, bodes pretty well for his future as an offensive player. Uh, he didn't average that many assists, only three assists per game in his uh, in his run at Stanford. But he's improving. And you can see those little flashes when he runs his offense. Uh, his calling card isn't really in the pick and roll, but he can uh, he can find his guys on his drives and uh, just his general gravity allows him to 
create space for others. Is, is there an NBA comp that you'd like to make for him that, that people who maybe haven't seen college ball can kind of think of? Yeah, so a lot of people like uh, might compare him to Steph Curry, Trey Young. Obviously, he's not as far along as those guys were in college, and I wouldn't uh, compare them to him uh, long term. It's just that style of play that they do. If there was a comp that is a bit more accurate, I'd say maybe Mark Price from the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 90s. Uh, he's probably a safer bet uh, for his ceiling than someone of Trey Young or Steph Curry's caliber. Damn, man, that's a pretty deep comp. Like you went back like three decades almost for that comp. <laughs> you don't see that too often. <laughs> Mark Price, who, who are you going to get next? Gerald Wilkins? <laughs> that... Oh, man, get some Robert Horry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so why do you think this guy's not going to be available uh, at, at, at age? Like, are there a lot of teams looking at him or is, he, is his skill set just in, too in demand uh, for him not to be available at that point? Yeah, so earlier on in the summer, he was uh, kind of looking like a guy who had a range of anywhere between 20 and 40. There were um, guys, Sam Viceni of The Athletic had him somewhere in the late 30s, early 40s, uh, whereas other, other people like uh, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer had him at number eight on his big board overall. So his range has kind of been hard to get a, a general grasp of, but uh, recently after his workouts, it's been shown that he's grown an inch he grew from uh, 6'2 to 6'3 and now he also gained 14 pounds he used to be 160 pounds at Stanford now he's 174 so with that increased uh, size for him that's definitely boosting his stock because before one of his concerns was that he was too undersized to to be a point guard in the NBA just due to how skinny he was and mm. how short he was so that's definitely boosted his stock and so he could be looking anywhere between uh 15 to Orlando, maybe even in the lottery to Boston at 14 to mm -hmm. anywhere to he could still slip to us at 29, depending on if teams have, are still generally wary of uh, his skill set. And obviously it depends on like what's happening with the Raptors and, and Fred Van Vliet. I mean, uh, that, that situation is a little bit more volatile than we thought based on his interview uh, with uh, JJ Redick the other day. Uh, people thought maybe it was in the bag, but apparently he's, you know, he's going to look at all options as he should, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's his big payday. Um, the other guy that uh, you also profiled for the site is um, Theo Malinon, which is like who, who is an extremely exciting young player. I, I haven't watched him much, but I know a lot of people are following him and, but, but they don't expect him to be there again. Yeah. Theo's someone who's been, he was actually kind of mocked as a lottery pick earlier in the year, but he's been slowly, slowly falling uh, throughout the year. Um, why is that with him? I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What, why is he falling? Generally, I think it's because of his, that stigma with uh, European prospects. He can be, uh, it's, you kind of see it every year in the draft too, with uh, younger players who are a little more raw, who might just be, who might just fall for no reason when they really shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, I have him really high up on my personal board. I have him around my top 10, but um, there are GMs who don't feel the same way. And that's why he's, his stock is also kind of hard to get a general feel for, but I would expect him to kind of go in the twenties somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but the skill set is definitely there, man. I mean, he's got, he, he, he has some moves and he can attack the rim, like probably what, like one of the best attackers in the rim you can probably find at that, uh, at that, that stage in the draft. Definitely. Yeah. I'd, he's probably one of the better uh, point guard finishers in the draft in spite of his age at only 19 years old and playing against competition in the Euro league. So that's definitely something that's impressive and why uh, I and many others are so high on him. Uh, I know a lot of Raptors fans are 
have been following him closely, like you mentioned, and it's good reason why is because uh, I wouldn't give him a direct comp, but uh, I really like his comparison to Shea Gilgis Alexander in the finishing department, just due to they're both uh, six five, six six guards who are crafty, able to finish at the rim with ease. They have that. Sn- He's not as athletic as Shea, but he has that sneaky burst that allows him to get around guys, and he has a good control, uh, so which allows him to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, if you want to read more about Theo, check out um, uh, Brendan's post on uh, Rappers Republic. Uh, let's go on to the, the, some some shooting traits here with Desmond Bain. I mean, this, I mean, the, the first two guys have issues with their jumpers to to a slight degree, but this guy has no such issues. Yeah. I mean. He's definitely someone who you're looking at as one of the top shooters in the draft. Him, Aaron Naismith, uh, Isaiah Joe. Desmond Bain gets that appeal from his uh, quick shooting form. Um, He has a little bit of a hitch to it, but I think that's something that can be fixed. And just a crazy shooter, shot 44% from three on over 200 attempts. And they moved the line back this year in college too. So that just shows how he's ready to be an NBA shooter. I really like uh, the comparison to him as like kind of like a poor man's Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Uh, just they have that similar build as like six five six six guard. Uh, he's he wasn't really a playmaker in college. He played more off ball, but he is capable of running the pick and roll. He averaged about three assists a game at TCU, and he's just um, a steady player. He does a lot of little things. He's a little older, but um, that's what you're getting from an older player. He knows how to play the game. He can contribute right away. Um, He's probably the guy I, out of Terry, Maladon, and Bain, I actually think Bain might be the guy that might be most out of reach for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, there's good reason for that. He's one that a lot of playoff teams are going to be looking at because he can contribute right away and you can expect him to be reliable. Yeah, and, and a jumper is a jumper is a jumper. With a lot of point guards, you worry about how the defenses might play in the NBA. They'll be physically stronger. But a jumper at the end of the day is a jumper and if you're able to make that you know in a relatively contested way or like you know with defense around you the game does sort of translate much easier that's probably why he's a he's a long shot to be there yeah absolutely um i've seen a lot of people expecting him to maybe uh, milwaukee might be looking at him maybe miami uh just those guys that are going to be looking we saw how tyler hero performed in the playoffs this year so players so teams are going to be looking for that next uh elite shooter who can help you in the playoffs Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on to guys that have a sort of higher chance of being here. And let's start with uh, Zeke Nagy. Is that how you said the name? Is that, is that, did I get that right? Yeah, Nagy Nagy, I believe okay. that's, that's So, I mean, both from just his hair perspective and his body and the way he finishes some of the highlights I've seen, there's, there's a lot of baby in there, man. <laughs> there's a, there's a, at least a bit of baby in there uh, with, with this guy, which, uh, which, which, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he's definitely got uh, that that Bebe hair going on. I believe he's cut it recently, but in his uh, in his college highlights, he definitely had the little bit of wildness going on there to him. He's uh, a, a comp I actually do like for him is uh, Christian Wood. I think he has that similar level of, mo- of mobility and ability to finish at the rim. He didn't take that many threes in college, but I think he is going to be a shooter in the NBA. He was a shooter in high school, just wasn't his role at Arizona. Um, yeah, he's, I would expect him to be a shooter just because he's got that fluid release, high release, no really big mechanical issues with his shot. His, his deal is just consistency and getting the opportunities to put those shots up in general. 
his energy is just crazy too for a big man like he runs the floor like you wouldn't believe uh he had a crazy uh stats at the combine he was running like a guard and just in general hustles on both ends of the floor i uh in my article i wrote for raptors republic about him there was this clip where he would chase the rebound four or five times get called for the foul and then just immediately fist pump so hard that he'd almost take out a guy on the opposing team yeah so you know he's got that energy to him he can run he can hustle i expect him to be a shooter so yeah definitely someone i like for the raptors he's probably my 1a 1b for their uh, big man selection at that area yeah. um, i definitely have him up in my teens on my personal big board so yeah there's a lot to like with zeke Yeah, I think the, the Bebe comparison is a little bit of a, a, a joke because he obviously is more skilled than him. Uh, but but he does share like one common trait with him, which is that uh, a, a wiry guy for sure, but can have some issues with strength in the post, does lose the ball a little bit more uh, than, than you'd like him to. Yeah, and that's something that teams have been wary of and why that's kind of keeping him as a fringe first rounder, late early second round pick. Uh, his defense is definitely a concern. He's not the strongest player for a big man that you would like. He's uh, he's mobile. He can compete on the perimeter and you would expect him to uh, with time and development. But yeah, you're definitely right that his post defense is a little concerning. Um, you'd, you'd want him to kind of bulk up while maintaining his perimeter mobility in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the Bebe comparison with their wiriness and general um, lack of control, I guess, but for lack of a better term there for uh, ball handling and playmaking. definitely something he would need to work on that's one of his weaknesses for sure yeah i i, I don't trust big men who don't dunk when they have an opportunity to dunk he he does that a fair yeah. <laughs> uh okay let, let's move on to uh so the are any of the guys we've talked about so far um non raptors 905 entrance like do they do they come in and do they have a chance to make it to the to the big team because for sure um the guy we just finished talking about he's definitely a 905 prospect Zeke yeah you'd expect him to be in the 905 for a bit Maladon is someone who I would expect to go in the 905 for a bit um he's also a draft and stash candidate Blake Murphy talked about how um they're they might be looking for a draft and stash guy Maladon's definitely one of those guys mm-hmm. um so far though Bain's definitely ready to contribute right away Terry, I could see contributing off the bench right away. Definitely not in a starting role, though, if Fred were to leave and we'd be looking for that shooting guard. Um, other than that, though, yeah, Zeke would probably end up on the team by the end of the year, though, after a quick 905 stint. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Xavier Tillman, uh, a guy that you do expect to be there at uh, at 29. I do, yeah. he's uh, Him along with Zeke is my other big man prospect that I'd like the Raptors to, to aim for. And the reason for that is, is he was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, arguably the best bi- uh, defensive big man in college basketball. And with that is he may not be the biggest. He's six foot eight, but he, he plays big. He plays strong. He held up the likes of uh, Isaiah Stewart um, and other big men uh, who are expected to be draft picks and be and are in general bigger than him just due to his strength. Uh, so with Xavier, he's... Yeah, he's one of the best defensive big men. He can pass it like he's the best at passing big man in the draft. That's for sure at this stage anyway. He averaged three assists, four assists per 38, um, two blocks and a steal per game. Not really a shooter at this stage. You'd expect him to develop that. He apparently put up some crazy numbers at the combine, but that's open gym and you kind of have to take that with a 
with a grain of salt at this stage. Can you even afford to draft a guy who can't shoot in, in the modern NBA? I think you can just due to what else Tillman provides. He's so valuable on the defensive end with his IQ and timing. He can defend the perimeter. He, he's amazing in the post. Uh, and that, and he passes, like if we lose Marcus Saul, he'd be able to step in right away and provide that same passing outlet out of the post that we're so used to seeing from Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so finally, uh, uh, let's go to the Kansas guy, uh, Devin Dotson, uh, who you also wrote about uh, a couple of days back on Rappers Republic. Uh, obviously I'm a, I'm, I'm a KU guy, so I know a little bit about him. Uh, would love for the Raptors to get him. Uh, and you think he's going to be there? I think he could be. Yeah, he's uh, we've we've interviewed him. The Raptors uh, have shown some interest. So I think there is something there. He's a speedster point guard. That's where he makes his money. So he's fast. He runs the floor. He can blow by guys in the half court. That's definitely something that we would need. As we saw in the playoffs, we didn't really have that uh, ability to kind of create in the half court. He can he can kind of do that to some degree. So you're uh, you're looking at him for a to kind of step in as a point guard, maybe if Fred's looking to leave, maybe if we just need that uh, backup point guard, which we might, uh, that was kind of an area that hurt us last year. So looking for that backup point guard would definitely help us out. It, man, it's just like, because you, if you already have Fred and you draft another 6-1 dude, I mean, Boston's like licking, you know, licking their chop because they had, they had a lot of success with Fred and, and how Jason Tatum's size and 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 uh, and brown size got to us and now you add in another guy who's like a small point guard it, it just seems like a bit of a risky move for for your backcourt to be that small and i know we're we're projecting a couple of years with these guys but it just it just feels like a bit on the smaller side for sure like i, I love tj ford one of my favorite players of uh, of all time was his his couple of years in toronto but man it, it's risky when you get somebody that small into the court onto the team it is, yeah, and that's something where we have to consider, right? When we're looking at um, the point guard prospects in this range, if we want to take a look at a point guard, mm-hmm. uh, Teo is going to be the tallest guy, Maladon, and um, he might go before us. After that, it's pretty much all 6'2", 6'1", 6'0", 5'11", guys. Yeah. So we're, um, if we're really dead set on a point guard and Teo's off the board, then we're going to be looking for those smaller guys. If not, uh, we, the bigs are available. Um, Dotson can play a little bit above his size due to his uh, athleticism and speed. So that's something to, to keep in mind with him in particular. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely, I would prefer that we uh, kind of transition into a taller guard era. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I still like Dotson in spite of his size. Still something to keep aware of. You're right. All right, man. So uh, I, I think we've covered like, say, you know, seven guys in total and three of them are, or four of them should be at least be available. Zeke, Xavier, Tyshawn Alexander and Devin Dotson. Oh, we didn't talk about Tyshawn Alexander. Uh, let, let's, let's finish off with him. He's a guy you also wrote about uh, uh, two days ago. Yeah. So uh, Tyshawn's actually one of my favorite prospects in the draft. He's been, he's been really, really slept on in my mind just because he was arguably the best three and D guard in college basketball. Uh, definitely one of the best defensive guards in college basketball, according to most advanced stats and synergy stats, uh, in addition to shooting 40% from three. So he's, you know, he's someone who can contribute right away on both ends of the floor. Uh, not the best finisher, not the best athlete in space, but he can um, still put up points with his uh, ability to shoot. He can shoot off the dribble uh, and he's a lo- pretty much a lockdown defender for guards for sure. Uh, one area of concern, uh, is his finishing ability, but, um, if you're keeping him as a complimentary piece, maybe bringing him off the bench in the event that, uh, we move on from Terrence Davis, 
then he would be able to fill that role in the problem. Yeah. And I remember the, the old theory was like, you know, it, you should, when you draft a point guard in, in, in the second round or even like late in the draft, it's sometimes better to just get a guy who's a little bit more mature because they've seen a little bit more and they can maybe contribute better. With the 905, that sort of changed. You can afford to draft like younger guys who you don't even expect to be with the club, but keep a close eye on them. Like that's got to have changed the dynamics and how you approach some of these guys and, and how you evaluate their ages. Absolutely. And I've always been of the mindset that um, age really shouldn't matter as much as it does. Take a look at Brandon Clark, for example, from uh, Vancouver. He went to Memphis, uh, 23 years old. He was arguably the third top three rookie last year. Um, And he was just amazing on both ends of the floor. So yeah, if you're looking at um, age as a factor, uh, you can can bring guys in, put them in the 905, or depending on their skill set, just bring them right to the show right away. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a nice little uh, nice little team to have there to develop players. Well, Brandon, man, thank you for uh, joining. And uh, we'll, we'll see you after the draft so we can evaluate like who the Raptors picked and, and dive deep into that person. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer. Rest easy with the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. You can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Will it help with her snoring? I snore. Does Rudolph have a red nose? Yes, it can be gently raised on either side to help relieve snoring. So you can really promise better sleep. Not promise, prove. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, during the ultimate Sleep Number event, save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.